Hi, I'm Gabe. And I'm Kat. And we're the Ghouls Next Door. And we today are talking about classism. We are. It is the horrors of society that we will dwell upon this month. They are pretty horrific, let me tell you. Yes. Yes. Serious conversations will be had. Yes. Normal. Normal, serious conversations, as we are known to have here. Yes. Because we (laughs) abide by the order of the podcast train. Yes. Where you... Well, I don't. ...are a shoe. I don't follow the order. And I am a hat. You belong on the foot. I belong on the head. We all have our particular places on the podcast train. I throw a shoe at you. (laughs) The shoe... Well, I didn't. It was somebody else. Yeah. But a shoe is thrown yes. to represent that we're coming. Rebellion. We're coming for you. Yeah. We're messing it up. You hear that, I don't listeners? care if everybody dies. We are That's messing them. it up. I, I take back that I don't care if everybody dies. Yeah. <laughs> no, you definitely seem like that was what you wanted. Um, Just, like, for character. Yeah. For know. context, listener. Uh, we're going to be talking about the film Snowpiercer. Which Mm -hmm. has very blatant, this is about capitalism, dialogue in the narrative. Classism. And we, uh, for our viewing audience, are dressed like characters from the film. Mm -hmm. Kat is Chris Evans. And I am Tilda Swinton. uh, Or Minister Mason is my character. I don't remember his name from the movie. Curtis. Curtis. Yeah. That's me. I don't know if they had last names, but you're Curtis. Me. Yeah. So we're going to talk about uh, what's scary about classism, which is to say a lot. And we're going to wake you up, sheeple. Yeah. And we're going to hopefully revolutionize, seize the means of production, just like they do in the film, which is exactly what Let's we do, do here. It. So uh, settle up. I'm only looking forward. Because this train is leaving the station. Yeah. The radio station. <laughs> You're we're doing a bunch. on the radio. You're okay. doing a bunch of puns. <laughs> Do you remember that people are trash? Yes. That's good. Because we still are. I can't forget it. Um, We've been. And probably going to continue to be. It's like very likely. Mm-hmm. More often than not. Um, but specifically, we're talking about classism. So if you don't know what classism is, it is as Gabe or Minister Mason sternly said, it is the order. Yes. It the is the order. order. Of society that we follow. It is what we decide. Well, we don't decide. The people above us decide. Uh, The The best way to keep us in line, essentially, to keep us in our stations, to keep us in our cars, to keep us in our classes. Yeah. They want us to be there, um, and they don't want us to go anywhere else. Yeah. Because it's the means to the end that is society still benefiting those at the top. And continuously, like, dehumanizing those at the bottom. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, it's just, like, really fun. (laughs) (laughs) I guess if uh, we think about Marx, you know, as the one who's like, ah! Yes. Down with capitalism, seize the means of production. Uh, He also said uh, religion is the opiate of the masses. Indeed. And that's very much what, like, we see in, like, even just outside of religion, just, like, anything that puts us in a section 
yeah. kind of operates that way. It's the thing that keeps us complacent. It keeps us from rising up. Mm-hmm. Um, so to Distracted. explain uh, or elaborate, uh, I got an article from the internet that was for smart people. It's called JSTOR. It's like where you go to college, educated. Yeah. College what? Peer reviewed. That's the word I'm looking for. College Peer- what? College what? Peer-reviewed articles. Yes. That's what it is. Uh, so I got an article for Anthropology Times. Uh, that's not what it was called, but it was Anthropology something. Yeah. Uh, review, I think. And it was like, all the thoughts on this subject, which today is classism. Yeah. So this is from that. So the article says, to explain and elaborate the social structure, reconcile the lower classes to their lot, and assist the rulers in repressing the people and prevent rebellion. That's yeah. what classism is. So we said that. Yes. But also, smart people said that. So it means I'm smart. So we're backed up. Yeah. We got sources. <laughs> <laughs> you have to believe us. Exactly. Um, so, I mean, there's lots of reasons that this exists, specifically because we live in a, for America, we live in a capitalistic society. Yes. Um, people who have risen in the ranks, like lots of people like to act like there isn't classism here because there aren't classes, because you can at any time. Yeah. Rise move, above. Move in Um Because the, like, original definition of classism is that, like, you're not supposed to leave your spaces. Yeah. You're supposed to stay in your spot. And the whole thing is that you stay there, and that's what maintains the order. Yeah. Uh, where, but we have the American dream. Yeah. We have the American dream <laughs> that gives hope to the masses uh, that we are rep- oppressing and repressing and messing up just all around. Now. Yeah. Uh, but w- we have to give them hope. Yeah. Is what the rich people say. We have to give them something to believe in so that they're not so unhappy that they don't think that there's, like, they don't have anything to lose. Yeah. We need to give them a little bit of something to lose so that when they keep going, they'll keep going to maintain that thing that they don't want to lose. Yeah. But they're still in a place low enough that they're suffering from, you know, higher rates of cancer, higher rates of illnesses, you know, uh... Violence in communities, like we have, like people fighting each other over things that should everyone should have a right to home, yeah, food, yeah, fresh water. Like it's basically intentional, is what I'm trying to argue. Is that yeah. the whole thing's intentional? So they give us this idea, they dangle it in front of us, and we reach for it, yeah, forever, yeah. So we, we can, don't notice that yeah. we're drowning. Exactly. Yeah. Um, exactly. So we're trying to, like, get to a better place. We're all like, yeah, the lottery. Yeah. yeah. Uh, work really hard. Your business takes off. Get famous on the internet by doing dumb stuff. <laughs> you know, there's lots of things. Everyone wants to get there. They yeah. want to get to the place where we idolize our celebrities, our people who are rich. Yeah. Um, you know, you have the Kardashians. You have all those folks that are like, everyone's like, oh, my God, I wish I was them. I yeah. don't, but, like, other people feel yes. that way. Um, so the idea is that, like, we're supposed to feel like we can leave the class that we're in. So if we're in the lower class, if we're in the lower working class, we're in the working class, we're in the middle class, we're in the upper middle class, all of it is kind of set up so that we never reach the social elite, which is, like, the rich, rich, the billionaires. Yeah. More money than any human should want to own. Uh, so essentially you get the idea that you think you can get out of it and you never kind of do anything different. You don't improve the conditions you're in now Mm -hmm. because you'll just leave it. Yeah, it's totally fine. Yeah. We're going to get that magic ticket. We're going to get the lottery. We're going to 
Yeah. We're going to get rich real quick, real easy. You're not going to have to worry about it. And then even those that's like you have the American dream where it's like you work hard enough, you sacrifice enough, you prioritize your dream, it'll happen. Yeah. Where it's like that's not always the case. And then you're making it the fault of the like small business owner, the like little guy, uh-huh. essentially, instead of the fact that there's much more risk for people making business than those investing in it. Yeah. Uh, and, like, we have people who are working their butts off who, from no fault of their own, is just, like, not able to make ends meet, not able to, like, rise above where they are because the system is set up that that's not possible. Yeah. So essentially, all I'm saying is it's really intentional. The rich people don't want us to be with them. There's no, The only way you're going to get there is through, like, open doors in the back where it's like, oh, you know this person. It's all about who you know. Yeah. And if you don't know those people, you're not going to get there. And honestly, I don't know if you want it because it's gross. Yeah. Well, there's also the people who don't want to change the system because then when they get there... They want to have the same benefits. Like, mm-hmm. they don't want to change it so that the rich have, like, have to pay their taxes. Because I don't want to pay my taxes when I'm rich. Like... <laughs> I don't want to pay my taxes now, but I get why I have to because yeah. the schools have asbestos. And it's just yeah. like... But that's what the people are thinking. That's what yeah. I'm saying. It's like, they don't even want to change the conditions they're in because it's temporary. And they mm-hmm. want to bask in whatever it is they get when they inevitably become rich. Yeah. And all I'm saying is, I'm not trying to be a dream killer. Have your dreams. All I'm saying is do it smart. Like, have a backup plan Mm -hmm. for your backup plan. Like, have a side hustle for your dream. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you need something that's going to catch you if something goes wrong. And, like, I feel like people just think they're going to go until they make it. They don't care if, like, they die along the way. They're just going to go until they make it. And it's like, you got to... One, it says nothing to do with whether or not you're talented, whether or not you're wonderful, whether or not you're, like, the greatest person that's ever lived. Yeah. If if it is not seen from those who make those decisions, you probably won't. Yeah. And that's really sad. But essentially, that's the whole thing. And then we pit the classes against each other. So that's, like, the other piece. So it's, like, you have... The middle class thinking they're better than the lower working class. We have mm-hmm. the working class thinking they're better than the lower working class because they're they're just a little bit above. Yeah. You always have this idea that, like, I'm in a better place than someone else, so at least I'm not in their shoes. Yeah. So it's like, how lucky am I? And it's like, I am up here, so clearly I am closer to achieving something better yeah. than those under. So, so it's like when people think... That, like, they could never be homeless. They could never... It's like, you don't know what your life's going to have. You're going to have situations that happen, and then you're going to have an awakening and be like, wow, I was a real jerk all that time. Yeah. Um, And it's just like... And then we have the upper class, so, like, the upper middle class, even, who's not even that rich. Like, they're living comfortably. Yeah. You know what I mean? And they actively support this elite class that doesn't want anything to do with them except for them to just continue to idolize and want to work to be more towards them when they never will and then they just blame the lower classes for all the problems of society which is also very intentional yeah so they're putting drugs in places they're putting like they're they're like lighting communities on fire essentially and then being like oh it's the fault of the people who are in those communities not no. the people who brought all the bad stuff in. Yeah, not the school to prison pipeline. Nope. Yeah, no, that's not the problem. It's the poor people. Yeah. It's the immigrants. Look what they're doing. Yeah. <laughs> not that we don't give them any other choice, but look what they're doing. Yeah. They're so doing that's the anyway. whole thing. And it's just like, 
there's people, I know tons of people who, and it just hurts me, because <laughs> they believe wholeheartedly that there are people who deserve dehumanizing pov levels of poverty. Like yeah. poverty that no person who is alive, no anything that yeah. is alive and sentient and here should ever have to experience. Yeah. They think they deserve it. Yeah. And no one does. Yeah. And that's like, I think the hardest thing, it's like when you're arguing about like politics and stuff, that like, if they don't see that, it's very hard to convince them otherwise. Yeah. It's like, it's not you saying you'll never like, get they there. They did it to themselves. Yeah. They didn't. It's no. the whole yeah. thing. So uh, I have an article from USA News, I think. USA News. Yeah. Look at me know stuff. USA <laughs> News. Um, it's about uh, basically how in America specifically, we have recently in the last 30 years, very intentionally and very drastically limited the upward mobility in our country. So like we used to have the American dream when we first started, you know, you yeah. work your way up, you, you get, you shake the right hands, you get in the right doors, you know, you're making a Take lot right of money. Yeah. You, there was a lot more like underdogs who rose up that like, yes, yeah. that's who we idolize now. And that's part of the problem. Yeah. But like there was a lot more upward mobility before. Yeah. It was like, if your parents moved up, then you as a child had more likely a chance to move up, where that's yeah. no longer the case. So yeah. essentially, the last 30 years, Christer, Christopher Sandy Jenkins, Janix, Jenks? Jenks. He's a yeah. Malcolm Weiner professor of social policy at Harvard uh, Kennedy School. So essentially, he said, the decline in jobs and the employment rates for less skilled workers have increased so much that, like, the number of households with with children without male breadwinners is like impacting the economy. Um, the demand for college graduates outpacing the pool of job candidates. I know we're facing that as millennials. We all were told to go to college, but there's not enough jobs for us. Yeah. Uh, we just have all this debt. Yay. And they're like, why aren't they buying houses? It's because they don't want kids. It's like, because we can't afford food. Yeah. You guys. got baby money? No. Mom? I barely have cat money. Yeah. I have one cat. Yeah. Two technically because we share. Yeah. And, yeah, who's affording this? It's, like, it's hard enough to just pay basic rent that isn't that high. Yeah. Like, what do you mean? Yeah. It's because the economy sucks. So, <laughs> we have loans. Uh, the, the share of income flow from the top 1% earners is doubling, essentially, instead of us kind of getting a share across the board. So, it's because of deregulation, globalization, and speculation in the financial service industry. So, when they shipped everything overseas, when they shut down all the oil and the coal and the... Like, the industries that we had in America. We used to have industries. Yeah. Which, I mean, is bad for the planet. Yeah. A lot of people had jobs in those spaces that no longer have jobs. And... Yeah. It's really messing us up. Um... We are just, like, p continuously pushing the, the elite up and then not helping those in the middle and lower class. Like, our middle class is shrinking. Yeah. Um, and basically, the cause of this, which, shocking. Guys, taxes are important. Taxes are important. Yeah. I know we didn't like the British, but we didn't know them. So we have no reason to hate taxes as hard as we do. Yeah. There's no reason. We don't need to be throwing tea. Stop teaching harbors. American history then. Because if that's like the lesson that we all should just hate taxes, it's stupid. Yeah. You yeah. need taxes to it make was, stuff it work. It was taxation without representation. We have representation that's, sometimes. Yeah, that's the thing um, I'm saying. So like everybody chill. We that need to pay taxes because guess what? The causes of poverty are when you don't have enough taxes in an area, essentially, that will cause... 
decreases in K to 12 education yeah. where it's like you have schools filled with asbestos or no air conditioning and it's so hot in and the summers that kids are falling asleep and old. passing out because they can't stay awake because they're suffering from heat stroke. Yeah. You have unclean water. You have water with little like lead and poison in it that Flint you're feeding to your children. still does not have clean water. Also Philly. Yeah. Uh, like it's everywhere. It's so bad. Fracking. Fracking. You have all this stuff. You have these things that you're not paying taxes to fix the problems that would solve our future, essentially. Yeah. You're worried about who you are now and not about 20 years from now because you're not going to be here 20 years from now is your thought, I guess. I don't know. Okay, boomer. But what I'm saying is, is that basically we have schools that are failing because there's not enough money in them. We don't have teachers who are getting paid enough to survive, so they're miserable. Yeah. And then we have, like, schools who are in areas of dense and high trauma and, like, poverty that are not getting the resources they need. And then you have areas that don't have jobs. And then you have food disparities because you have corner stores that can't afford to have vegetables and stuff in them. Yeah. And it's just, like... It goes on and on. There's no yeah. grocery stores. There's all these things. And all these things lead to healthy, happy humans who would get... contribute to society. Yeah, and you're setting it up so that they can't. You're literally yeah. giving them none of the tools to do so and then blaming them for that. Yeah. When the problem is that the city yeah. or the state will give all this money to big companies to come in, not let make them pay taxes for however many years. Then you have all the poor people paying taxes and all the middle class people paying taxes, but it's not enough to cover the expenses that are needed. And then everything goes to trash. And you're like, why? What happened here? We brought all those jobs. And it's like, no, if that rich person just paid taxes, maybe we could have started fixing these problems. So we're yeah, Or at. the fact that like... We have a low, you know, unemployment rate, but that's just because everyone has three jobs. Yes. To feed their one life <laughs> instead of one job. So it's not really that we have low unemployment. It's just that we don't have a living wage. Yeah. So uh, from that article, thank you for the lead. That was you actually really it. perfect. In addition, 90% of American workers have seen their wages stall while the cost of living continue to rise. Mm -hmm. So 90%. That's a lot. Yeah. That's like all of it. Yep. That's like 10% okay. Day. Yeah. The rest of them aren't. The whole country, 90% of that, yeah. has not seen an increase in wages to match the rise in housing. Yeah. And then you're like, why aren't we buying houses? Yeah. Why aren't we affording life and doing okay? Yeah. What's wrong? <laughs> why aren't they contributing to the order? Yeah. So it's basically, they haven't adjusted the income since 1989. They yeah. haven't adjusted for inflation. Yes. So here we are. $15 an hour. Here we are, guys. All I'm saying it's is. a lot of campaigns thrown in here. You know, there's classism across the board. It's in every country. It's in some capacity. You know, you have different versions. You have different boxes that we try to put ourselves in as people, as uh, homo sapiens, it's a part of the packing order. I get it. Yeah. But there are ways that you can do it that aren't as, like, dooming. Yeah. Like, you're setting your society up to fail. And then also, you're just, like, helping people who are, like, they don't even realize how much they're hurting. <laughs> yeah. They don't realize how much they're, they're just, hurting yeah, the people so underneath disconnected them. Because they're, they're convinced that they did it to themselves. Yeah. So, if anything, like, they don't see them as needing help. Yeah. And they're comfortable, yeah. so why would they question that? Yep. We watched some stuff. We did. 
we watched two films by director Bong Joon-ho to talk about classism because he does that. Yeah, he does a bunch of it. He was really good at it, too. Both movies are a very fun time. Yeah. Well, like, stressful but great yeah. kind of thing. And they're, like, very deliberate mm-hmm. on the nose in their own way so that, like, he's not trying to be art house about them. Yeah. It's just like, ooh, what am I saying to you? You have to be really deep. It's like, <laughs> no, uh, I'm going to give you literally a lecture at the beginning of one. Yeah. And then I'm just going to, like, have in your face, like, <laughs> like symbolism in the second one. Mm. All right. Uh, so we watched Snowpiercer, which is from 2013 uh, and is what we're dressed as. Yeah. For people watching. So Snowpiercer. In a future where failed climate change experiment has killed all life for the lucky few who are boarded the Snowpiercer, a train that travels around the globe, a new class system emerges. Yeah. As would happen yes. in this society, Almost in all societies. Instantly. Yeah, so the world is frozen. Mm-hmm. It's like, uh, what is it, 2012 or the day after tomorrow type yes. levels of intensity. Uh, and it's because of some climate change mishap. Like yeah. We brought our own fall, which is, that seems right. It's our fault. Yeah. Uh, and uh, we have one train. Mm-hmm. That exists and travels around the world. It just goes real and keeps fast. Keeps people alive. And in the train, we have very clear class systems. We have a back of the train, we have the middle of the train, and we have the front of the train. Yeah. So we have the lower class, the middle class, and the upper class. And there's some like little deviations within there. It's like you got. The, like a little working class, I guess we could yeah, call them. Yeah, yeah. Where it's like that one guy. Middle, yep. <laughs> Yeah. Just making the bugs. Yeah. Making uh, <laughs> the bug food spoilers. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just also, this episode is full of spoilers. Uh, spoilers. So if you haven't seen either Snowpiercer or Parasite, please do so before uh, listening to this episode or watching this episode, because we are just going to, we, we have to talk about all the stuff. You've been warned. Yes. So, classism, obviously. And you have, like, all these versions of people where it's, like, they're all city, uh-huh. the shoe. Yep. It's dark. They've got windows. Yep, no windows. Yep. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, really great cinematography happening in this uh, that's very deliberate and just, like, true to Bong Joon-ho's, like, style, uh, which I'll dive into uh, shortly. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's starring uh, Chris Evans, who is Curtis, who's leading the rebellion to seize the means of operation, which is the... Uh, the train's engine. And mm-hmm. we have Tilda Swinton, who plays uh, Minister Mason, uh, trying to um, kind of keep everyone in line. Yeah. In their Watched place. Watched it, so. For Snowpiercer, when you're watching, uh, you just really have to suspend, like, disbelief. It's going to be like, re- yeah, this could happen. You just don't try to put science or physics or reality into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you just have to pretend that's not real. It's very Hunger Gamesy in that way. Yeah. You yeah. can't pretend like a, it's a real train and the way that the trains work and the way you move through them applies to this film. Just don't look at that. That's not important. <laughs> what's yeah. important is uh, the people in it and what's happening and yeah. classism. What they're saying. Yeah. We watched another thing. We watched Parasite, which is from 2019 and is award winning. Rightfully Ooh. so. And if you have not seen this, you really, really need to, like, definitely pause this. Oh, yeah, no, it, was, it was genuinely amazing. Go watch it. It's so worth your time. Do not let little subtitles keep you from a really amazing experience. 
with this film. So, uh, Parasite is about a poor family, the Kims, con their way into becoming the servants of a rich family, the Parks. But their easy life gets complicated when their deception is threatened with exposure. Which is such a nice, concise way to explain what this is, because most people are like, what is it about? And I'm like, a family gets a job. Yeah. With a rich family. And I'm like, and that's really all I can tell you. I can't explain anything else. the rest is spoilers. Yeah. And also, like, <laughs> it's just so much easier to just sit there not really knowing mm-hmm. and just, like, experience it for the first time. It yeah. Which brings us into... Uh, so, I want to start with Snowpiercer. So, one thing to, to know is that we are just talking about Snowpiercer and Parasite. But Bong Joon-ho has great horror and other films that we will probably capture in a later episode but Mm -hmm. these two are specifically about classism and uh how and and one is like so drastically crazy Mm -hmm. and fun and the other one being serious still fun but very serious uh is interesting and so i wanted to kind of like talk about those so i'll start with snowpiercer uh one of the things with uh bong joon ho in these two films is his use of camera movements and also like the the movement of and placement of the characters in relation to the class and either moving Mm -hmm. forward or ahead in class or lowering down uh the way that the camera treats the characters also um contributes to the class that they are in as well Mm -hmm. so there's just like a whole story happening just in, like, the creation of, of what we're seeing on screen. So uh, I think it's funny because Snowpiercer just, like, on the surface is just, like, a fun dystopian film mm-hmm. where it's, like, mayhem on a train. Yeah. It's not my favorite train horror movie. That would be Train, train to Busan. Busan. But <laughs> it is definitely up there. Uh, and I will fight you that it is a horror movie. It's some horrific things happen in there. Oh, um, It's, like, yeah. action horror. Okay, so we already gave a disclaimer at the beginning. Yeah. Anywhere that cannibalism takes place is <laughs> yes. a horror movie. Yeah. It's just default, 100%. Yeah. So. it's Yeah. I So um, one thing I love about Snowpiercer is that it's similar to the way that we approach our media and that it takes this, like, absurd thing and then uh, takes it very seriously. Mm-hmm. It's like, what if this crazy idea, we made it, like... Very, very honest. <laughs> like, we just made it deliberate. Like, we believe it. Yeah. yeah. And that's what's really fun, because that really comes across. Like, I, even, like, when you, again, suspend, like, physics belief, uh, you do believe this society. And it's very easy to be like, of course this would happen. Like, she's literally, like, uh, uh, Minister Mason is just like, there's a, before class or, or your place was determined by your ticket. So you had, like, the, the, regular seats right and then you have like first class like mm-hmm. we already were classifying each other yeah. um so now it's just like in order to like six have success in this new world which is just this train you have to be in your place we can't all fit in the front we don't have seats up there right like so it's like a literal like you know comparison of that it's just like okay but we can make the whole train be as nice as the front yeah, and I think just that's livable, like, I think, would be <laughs> yeah, the um, The fact that he made the train so that it would be like that, and he let those people on, already lets you know, like, something's up, right? Yeah. So, uh, in this, we have this story where it's, like, they do, the whole thing is, like, this uprising, and they want to seize the means of operation, which is literally just the engine of the train. Yeah. Like, the actual means of the whole thing. Uh, and so, they try to move forward. They seize the food, which they find out uh, mm-hmm. only affects them. 
because mm-hmm. it's their food and it's gross. It was bugs. bugs. Uh, <laughs> horror movie. They seized the water. <laughs> yeah. Which was uh, crazy. They tried to seize the food, uh, the other food. Like the nicer food. Mm-hmm. And uh, the children. They get to the children car, which mm-hmm. I would argue is the scariest part of this film. Um, we so our low so our lower class like uh, backside of the train. Uh, what we have visually is people who look like coal miners, uh-huh. right? So they're all dirty. Uh, they never see the sunlight. They look like they've been rummaging around in coals. Yeah, um, and they uh, are packed in there really tight. Like mm-hmm. they're pretty much on top of each other. Um, and just like coal mines, uh, their children are taken from them to go and complete jobs that only tiny children hands can accomplish. Mm-hmm. Uh, and because there's no child labor laws. <laughs> yeah. We say you do. Um, they are fed bugs, spoilers, uh, and have even eaten each other once upon a time. Yeah. Spoilers. We don't also. have to say spoilers anymore. We already did it once. I know. Uh, <laughs> but it's just helpful. Uh, so I, the first act of rebellion for this is a shoe being thrown. And yep. I thought, one, that was funny because it was the Bush administration. I was like, ah, yeah. That's what you it. did there. Everyone does that. It's cool. Um, <laughs> and then you get that that lecture from Mr. Mason, which is like, you know, that you don't put a shoe on your head. That's silly. Mm-hmm. Hats go on your head. Everyone has a place. You have shoes on your feet because that's the place that they're supposed to be in. Right? Mm-hmm. Logical uh, <laughs> is what she thinks. Yes. Makes sense, right? Uh, and, yeah, yeah, logical. We aren't close. <laughs> it is like my, my favorite line is that. The other thing that we have is uh, throughout this journey, we have our character, Curtis, who um, moves who continuously, as they're moving forward, what is really mm-hmm. to the right of the screen, uh, will continuously, whenever he makes a decision, uh, whether to move forward or or kind of, like, uh, get to his place, it is this, this physical act of him looking to the left or mm-hmm. looking to the right. Like, he's making a decision. Do I leave that life behind and progress forward, or do I have to, like, go back and help my friend? Yeah. Who I almost ate once. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so <laughs> he, like, definitely uh, chooses that to uh, not eat his friend. Uh, the I'd say the, the scariest part is the middle class. Mm-hmm. So, uh, the kids, is yes. that the kids train? Yeah. Yep. So the middle class has like some really great things going on, but what we see most, uh, interesting is like the suggestion and manipulation of the middle class. Mm-hmm. So there's a YouTube channel, NerdWriter One, who uh, covered this film as well. And so I was watching and I was like, oh, that makes so much sense. Uh, and they said really great, <laughs> great things. So I wanted to quote them on something. So they said, um, Educated enough to think for themselves, yet comfortable enough to be highly susceptible to propaganda, the middle class is at once the most important and the most dangerous cross-section of society. And the school is the place where the middle class is indoctrinated into a system that will exploit them and those less fortunate, where ideology is most powerful. Yep. Yeah. It's like, this is where we're convincing them that they're better than those below them, but also convincing them that this is the place that they belong. Mm-hmm. Right? And it's like, they're comfortable enough, right, that they don't question the world around them and yep. question the information that they're given uh but they also don't question like their own place in society 
Yeah. Which is just like, no, why do you not question those things? Uh, (laughs) Because they're comfortable. They don't want anything to change. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, The other thing that Nerdwriter brought up that I thought was really great is that the true heroes of this story are Namgung and his daughter Jara, who are from the middle class. Mm-hmm. Like, they are middle class people. So they have seen the light before because they have windows and have also seen the passing of the previous rebellions and have a knowledge of the world because they can see through the windows. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they just choose to actually look yeah. <laughs> and make a plan and pay attention. And they know yeah. that it's not just about the train. It is about the world outside, um, which is super interesting. Right. Uh, so the the children's car. Why this is the scariest part is that it reminds me of one, the wave, which is mm. this uh, experiment that happened, I believe, in California, where like a teacher was teaching about the Holocaust. Yeah. And a bunch of kids were like, I don't understand how people go along with that. And then he was like, well, you know, you, you never know until you're in it. Right. Like until mm-hmm. you're kind of convinced that this is what reality is. And so uh, he, he over time, like gave certain roles to some of the students to give them like authority mm-hmm. and make them feel special and different from the other ones. Yeah. To the point. Where, and then he would like give them tasks of like you have to treat them horribly and do all these things because that's what you are. And they just totally bought into it. And then by the end, they were just like really awful. <laughs> and yeah. he was like, whoa, 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 wait, this is a this was a. A test or like this was to show you how easy it is to be susceptible yeah. uh, and they felt really bad and there was like movies about it so I watched that in high school but there was this other film that I watched and I cannot I could not I tried to google it could okay. not find this the, the name of it but it was where as if uh, Hitler had won Mm-hmm. And so uh, yes, there's yes. like a, a a young class of students, so like maybe first grade. Okay. And they get a new teacher who is one of the Führer's best. And she comes in and is like telling them and slowly over the course of this film, convincing them that they should, you know, bow to the Führer and that this is what's right. Yeah. And there's even like a kid whose parents are very clearly rebels who are most likely dead, like on the outside of this, or yeah. at least captured, uh, and they're convincing him that what his parents believe is wrong. And yeah. it's just, like, the one class. Like, it's one day of class. And by the end of it, the kids are, like, you know, impacted. And the part that stuck out was there's this part where she's like, close your eyes, pray to God, and ask for candy. So they yeah. all do that. When they open their eyes, there's no candy. Yeah. So she says, all right, now close your eyes, pray to the Fuhrer for candy. They do that. And she goes around and puts candy on their desk. Yeah. They open their eyes. There's candy there. Yeah. And she's like, the Fuhrer will deliver to you. Yeah. Right? And so it's just this idea of, like, uh, of brainwashing, I guess. Like, I'm going to put quotations in that because it's yeah. not real. But it's, like, conditioning and, and, and forcing you to believe. And even, like, 1984, like, children were uh, ratting out their parents. Yeah. So that was, like, a big thing, too, is, like, kids can be used and are the best way to, use, like, manipulate. Well, because they just want to do what, like, they're being told is the right thing to do. They want to fit whoever they've, like, imprinted on's desires. Yeah. It's like you want them to be loud and punch kids in the face. If that's what you consider a good child, Yeah. they'll probably do it because they want to be, make, they want to make you proud. Yes. Yeah. They and they, the yeah, right they want to be what they think is the hero. Mm-hmm. And if society tells them the heroes rat out re- the rebellion, then you want to be that hero. Who does yeah. that? Um, 
my least favorite part of this uh, film is this kind of like reveal where Curtis tells this gruesome story of when the f- car, like when they first got on the train and they mm-hmm. stopped feeding them. And it was a way to, is that what we find out, uh, is that it was a way to kind of uh, downsize their population. Yeah, population control. And it was just that they all started eating each other. Uh, and he tells this whole story was like, tell, ask me why I know babies taste the best. And he like says he tried to eat a baby and this man was like, eat my arm instead. And he was just like, you know who that man was. And the baby was my friend who I just let die back there. And I was the guy who tried to eat him. And you're like, what? Uh, and I get why it's there. And it is like, and I think like in the book, it's probably more, impactful right Mm -hmm. but cinematically i felt like it fell kind of flat because we have this film where we're progressing forward 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 right 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 and uh we're going through doors and we're hitting bad guys and we're being tricked and we're doing this and that and then we hit the last door and he can't get into it because he never had any intention of getting in there he didn't Mm -hmm. want like uh namgoon did not want to get into the the engine (laughs) he does not care for the engine uh and so we stop and we just sit down, and we cry, and then... <laughs> Yo, I'm going to say something that's going to blow up your whole world, Gabe. Yeah. Are you ready for this? Yeah. So, in trauma, yeah, they say, if you're still in it, you're still going, Yeah. you don't feel it. That's why people who, like, are still in, like, societies like taken by war, and they're still in that, yeah. are like, why are Americans so soft? Yeah. It's because we haven't seen war in a very long time. Yeah. We're sitting. We've yeah. stopped. Yeah. So now we can finally process all of the awful things that have happened yeah. that we have done. Yeah. So scientifically, it makes sense. So he's at the party where he stops. I get it. I just feel like it didn't do quite what I wanted it to do, like what I feel like it should have. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like we, the whole time, this whole film, we've been moving forward and all of the, the background and supporting narrative has mm-hmm. been from like the outside. Like it's like been like peripheral of like... Also, here's what kids are being taught. Also, yeah. here's the history. Also, in, like, stories, but we're still moving. Like, we're still yeah. going. We're still, like, doing something, right? And so with this, is like, we literally stopped. And then he's, like, crying. And then the other part of it is that, like, uh, Wilford's lackey just, like, opens the door. Mm-hmm. So I was like, it's very nice of him that he was just chilling in his engine room all fancy-like and was just waiting for him to finish his story. Yeah. Uh, here, the cool part that I liked about this end is that we actually hear from Nam Goong, who reveals that he is a hero all along mm-hmm. because uh, he's not addicted to this substance. He's actually going to use it to blow up the part of the train so that they can leave. Yeah. Because he has seen the progress and, and believes that after 17 years, the earth is just warm enough. It's still cold, but it's warm enough for survival. Yeah. Whereas the original seven which are like the fabled people who tried to escape, were the ones who left, and it was still too cold. You know what this means? We need to make the upper people think yeah. that we are exactly what they think we are. Yeah. And then plan. And then explode and build them. and take all the things that they would <laughs> think they're going to help us get rid of the thing that they think we are, and then we end it all. We, we create it. a whole new system. Yeah. A better one. <laughs> yes. That's what I'm saying. We just need a new one. Yeah. Uh, start fresh. Not yeah. genocide, but no, fresh. just fresh start. Just start it over. Reset button. Uh, 
there's also like the the I did really love the reveal at the end where Curtis is confronted with the fact that he has been chosen to continue on mm-hmm. the tradition that like he has tried to fight against this system and now he is being asked to perpetuate that same system. Like he is being handed the yeah. American dream as a way of like distracting him from the horrible things, right? Like, it's like, this is what you earned from getting all the way up here on the train. And also, don't you understand that it is necessary to keep the people down? Look at all the people who died because you tried to do something else. Um, And it's like, and I just enjoyed that that wasn't really the answer. The answer was, like, dismantling the system completely and doing something else. (laughs) I 100% agree with that. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people did have to die in this scenario. But that happens a lot. When you have rebellions yes. and war. Uh, but, yeah, I I did like that ending where he's just like, what? Um, but all in all, it was a fun film. It was. It was a good time. Yeah. But now I'll get into uh, Parasite. Parasite is scary. Great. So many words to say about Parasite, guys. Say them. Get them out. Uh, <laughs> so it's, first off, incredibly worthy of all the awards. Oh, 100%. Um, and when I first watched it, my friend was like, what? Did you like it? Like, immediately after. And I was like, I need to just, like, digest yeah. what I just saw. And there was a scene that, like, really stuck out to me where I was like, this is, I do really love this film. Yeah. And I was, like, absolutely convinced of it at that point. And yeah. it was, um, so there's a scene where the family, the the Kim family, leaves the park house. And they are traveling home. And this is, like, the lowest point of their existence at this point, where they have just been, like, confronted with the reality of their situation. Uh, They're hopeless. They're traumatized. (laughs) It's downpouring, right? And it started as just, like, a... It kind of unruly downpouring where they were at the crest of the hill, which is the park house. Yeah. But they are traveling home. And this whole scene is like 10, 15 minutes long, I feel like. It was a long <laughs> It was journey. very long. And they're like walking. And so there's like this scene where it's kind of like this very, very wide shot of them kind of like platformer game style where they're walking across the screen and they're walking down and we see them like kind of just trickling down and down and then they're like walking down these steps and then they're walking down this like tunnel and then they're walking down these steps and like but it's all different kinds of steps like it's not like the same ones and it's a different direction each time but they're always going down and then as they're getting down the rain is getting worse Uh and there's a part where the sun like stops and he can see the flooding waters like like going by his feet and then they look down and it's all like sewage water because of the flooding in this area because this family lives in a sub basement mm-hmm. so that whole scene of them going down down i was like oh my god classism <laughs> right and i was just like that's yeah. like the epitome of this film so uh there's some really great and amazing things that happen in here there's a uh uh youtube channel called accented cinema where he describes some of the the camera angles and some of Mm -hmm. the deliberation of like certain things in the world even that will represent some of the things in the dialogue and the concepts that are discussed so one of the things is and something i noticed when i was watching is uh we start with camera angle where we're looking out a window and we're 
at like it's a window, but we're still at like floor level, right? Mm-hmm. So we're still seeing people's feet, and it's like, oh, we're in some kind of basement, and we come down, and then we're looking down at our character. Mm-hmm. So it is, and we follow him that way. And he's oftentimes like for the whole like first half of the film until he gets this job, he is uh, looked down upon. All those yeah. characters are. It's mm-hmm. always this angle where we're like looking down at them. Um, we also see like the kinds of things that they're drinking, uh, and even if you don't know, um, like what the you know Korean food is, uh, you still like understand like this is like they're in a can, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, and they're, they're like packages. Food. Yeah, yeah they're right? uh, There's also this scene that I pointed out that I did not realize even is that when he's having uh, when our main character is having uh, like a drink with his friend mm-hmm. who goes to college. Right. There's like they're sitting at the same table, but his friend is higher up on the Mm -hmm. street that's angled higher and he's lower than him. Even for that, like this little thing that you probably don't even notice. Yeah. He was so deliberate. They're very intentional. And that's what we say. If you do it, do it with purpose. Yeah. Yeah. Do everything with purpose. Right. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. It's it's pretty crazy. I. And I thought what was even better was at the end, um, we have this, like, fantasy ending, and then we have the reality. Mm Because the fantasy ending will leave you really, like, at first you're like, there's no way. Yeah, like, ew. If if this is all it takes, then what are you really saying? Yeah. And then you realize, like, oh, (laughs) no, it's cool. So, like, the whole point is that he's, like, forming a plan, Mm -hmm. but it's the same way that they've always been making plans. Yeah. And that he's still in the same place because we have the same scene where uh, it's darker now, but... It's the same window. We're looking out, and then we come down. And this time we're looking at him dead on. Yeah. But the idea is that we have not progressed. Mm-hmm. That this family, despite all of the horrible things that have occurred, and even some wonderful things that have occurred yeah. in this film, are still in the same place that they always have been. Yeah. No matter what. And I and it really like just stuck with me. Uh, <laughs> because it's just like... A whole time. Uh, there's like the scene where they come back to their house and it's flooded and um, the sister Jessica, yeah. <laughs> is what her, her name is, uh, to the Park family, uh, is sitting on the toilet as it's like spurting out. Sewage. Like sewage, which apparently is based on real life. Uh, and at the same time that's happening, we cut to the Park's house and in the basement there, uh, the woman, uh, Moon... Moon Guang, I believe, uh, is vomiting into the toilet. Yeah. Like, parallel. Because she has a concussion because the not-so-nice mom, if only she were rich, she would be nicer, uh, kicked her down the stairs. (laughs) So uh, there's, like, that parallel, right? Um, And it's still a nicer basement than their basement. Yeah. Because it's at that house. Yes. There's, like, this conversation between Mr. Kim uh, and uh, Moon Gwang's husband, who I can't remember his name, but he asks him, like, why would you live down here? Like, why do you live down here? And he says, plenty of people live in basements, especially if you count semi-basements, right? And actually, like... basements Yeah, sub-basements. But there's, like, this whole conversation, and he, like, totally... Mr. Kim just, like, kind of blows that off, right? Uh, But he lives in a sub-basement, right? Yeah, he's, like, still, like, I'm better than you, so... Um, But the the man says, uh, I feel like I've lived here my whole life. I feel like I've even been married here. And it's, like, this idea, this concept of, like, he's always been down there uh-huh. like he's always been down in society uh and so it's like this really authentic and like you can see it kind of tug 
at Mr. Kim of like, yeah. you're groveling, man. Like, get up. Like, where's your, your pride? Right. And it was just like, just because I don't have pride, right? Like, just because I've accepted my circumstances doesn't make you better than me. Yeah. Uh, and that was super interesting. The 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 whole, like, worshipping of Mr. Park by that character is, is also something uh, to be remarked upon because it's, like, this idea that we do look up to those figures, like you said. Yeah. Um, and they have no idea how they affect us. No they clue. have no idea how like their lack of paying taxes <laughs> can impact like the way that we could eat. Right. Yeah. So I think it, it was such a interesting thing that he's like literally like bleeding, communicating and, and trying to give his thanks to this man mm-hmm. who is disgusted by him and has no idea of his existence. Yeah. Like they don't know. We're all ants. Yeah, he's he's uh, laying on the ground. Respect. Yeah. And he's just, like, covering his nose, just trying to get his keys. Yeah. And just pushes him over and just, like, looks disgusted. Um, yeah. Which sets <laughs> Mr. Kim off. Yeah. And murder. <laughs> yes. Uh Uh, Another, like, camera angle thing is so we have them always looking down. And the point when we stop doing that, there's a change, is when... uh, our main character, uh, which I'm totally blanking on his name. Kevin. Kevin. The, his parks. name is, yeah. <laughs> Kevin in the parks, uh, for the parks, is uh, getting the job. So he's going to get his job and he starts traveling up and there's a part where he he's looking up at the park's, like, driveway area or uh-huh. the street. And then at some point he's at the top and he looks back down. So it's just like what Curtis looking front, uh, left and right. Yeah. Right. He's making this decision to proceed forward yeah. and, and, uh, uh, let, um, rise himself from his status. Right. Yeah. And then as he's going into their house, there's this like awkward angle where we're below him and the sky is like really bright. It's like not very aesthetically pleasing, right? It's just like too bright. Um, And it's like this weird angle and it's that we are following him. We are below him as a camera and and moving up with him. Uh Uh, And now we have like, like he is being risen from Uh this, right? Uh, Something uh, Exigent Cinema (laughs) brought up that I was like, what? I didn't even think about this is um, the line. So, in dialogue, um, Mr. Park keeps referencing the line. Yeah. Like, they don't cross the line. Or yeah. they cross the line. Yeah. Like, Mr. Kim always gets to the line. He doesn't cross it. And it's this idea of, like, reaching above your station or, or stepping out of line. Yeah, he <laughs> like, even, like, said the one part is, like, the smell, though. Yeah. The smell, though, might cross the, the line. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a smell. He, they, uh compare it to the subway or subterranean things. And it's this idea of like people who take the subway are dirty. Like they're disgusting. Uh, People take, it's just the lower class. Just like, and uh, Jessica even says that she says, it doesn't matter if we change our detergent and if we change like our clothes, like we still live here. And so we will still always smell like this. Yeah. So we have to change the way that we live in order to, to no longer be, in a in smelt that way, right? Yeah. Uh, but the line is also shown visually. Uh, there's a scene where Kevin is trying to get the job, and they go to wake up the missus. He's on one side of the glass from inside the house, and there's a line in the glass. So he's to the left of it, and then outside we have a scene where it's um, Moon Guang who is going to wake up Mrs. Park, and she is still on the left side of the glass, yeah. and Mrs. Park is on the right side of the glass. And then at one point she like reaches out to like clap her hands so that she. 
she'll uh, wake up, but she immediately retracts them and then, like, puts herself back in her space in the left side. Yeah. Because she, like, cannot cross that line. Uh, and then later in that scene, we have um, Kevin going upstairs to see uh, their daughter to... to uh, tutor. Tutor her. And uh, she walks up the stairs first, Mrs. Park, and there's a line in the hallway. And when he follows her up, he promptly crosses to the other side of the hallway to stay on the other side of the line. Yeah. I was like, oh, I don't even think about that. And there's, it's all over. There's more than just that. But that one, I was like, that's really cool. Thank you, Accented Cinema, for bringing that to light. Because I was like, what? Yeah, and it's like, after you said that, I, like, went back and thought about it. I was like, yeah, that does happen, like, all the time. Yeah. That's crazy. It's so awesome. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, There's, like, quite a lot that Accented Cinema uh, references. And if you really like Snowpiercer, even uh, doing Nerdwriter 1, because it's pretty uh, interesting, like, the way that colors are worked with there, Mm -hmm. because it's very bright. I didn't even mention in Snowpiercer, uh, the front half of the train, like, the higher class, were all, they also didn't have windows. And they were all just, like, hedonistic, like, with, like, Oh, yeah, indulging any... Mm-hmm. thing that they wanted they had. Yeah, they had an exorbitant amount, and they weren't living. They weren't contributing at all. Um, and they were just as manipulated as the back half of the train. Uh, and it's like, that to me was like Brave New World level of, like, uh, suppression. <laughs> I think that. of it like of, like, when you have, like, high society, like, rich society who, like, never had to work for anything. Yeah. And then they're just, like... Indulgent. Very indulgent, and then oftentimes suffer with, like, substance abuse and, like, things that require restraint. Yeah. Because um, they never know how to do that. But yeah. then it also keeps them in their place, too, because yeah. they're still not the head of the train. Yeah. And they will never help anyone below them, and they'll never reach the head of the train. Yeah. Um, essentially, I can go on for, for days about Parasite because it is phenomenal. Uh, it's funny. It's charming. And yeah. the cinematography is really gorgeous. Like, he made that house. Bong Joon-ho made that house. Wow. Yeah, like, he was very deliberate about everything that he's done. That is so so, cool. I love him. (laughs) Yeah. And he's just, like, so wonderful. He's so charming. Uh, I just watched a video about Tilda Swinton because he asked her to be in Snowpiercer, and she read the script and was like, there's no place for me. And he's like, read it again. And apparently, even up in, like, when they were shooting, the Minister Mason uh, role was written in the script as a man. Okay. And he was like, no, Tilda Swinton can do this. And she rocked it, yeah. of course, always. Uh, <laughs> like, phenom- yeah, like one great. of the best parts of this whole film. Uh, yeah, there's so much that can be said about this. Uh, I just hope you guys watch it. Please do. It's really good. Highly recommend. Yeah. And if cool you just star want, like, of approval. Yeah, if you want, like, to be hit upside the head with uh, analogies yeah. and symbolism. Shoes. Shoes and hats and all of that, then, yeah, the lines... <laughs> and then watch it because cross it's the line, y'all. Yeah, go see these films. It's so good. It's so good about class. This is like the epitome of what we're saying of like your media analysis glasses. Is like you don't even really have. You could have them off, but you are still learning something. Yeah, and that's well, we amazing. have some films who do that. Like they make it so explicit that you can't not get it. Like Get yeah. Out does that yeah. too. Like yeah, where it's you like you'd have you, to really try hard. Yeah, you have to like really miss the whole message entirely. Like yeah. we're really putting it out there. It's on the nose. Yeah, pay attention. Yeah. And sometimes that's good because that's like it appeals to more people who like generally aren't looking for that. hard. Yeah. Yeah. Same thing with Attack the Block. Yeah. 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 It's and those are our favorite films. Some on the nose things. The ones that you just can't escape from. Feelings. Yeah, feelings. Yeah, feelings. Yeah, I said feelings. 
So if you like it, it's Ki Jung, which is uh, the character, the sister um, of the Kims, who is, like, honestly the best character mm-hmm. in the film. <laughs> oh, she's fantastic. Like, both as an actress, but also, like, she's just, like, a really fun addition yeah. to the crew. Like, she's leading the whole way. Yeah. Like, I mean, she's not the first one in the door, but she makes it that she is the most important one through the door. It's like, I just Googled art therapy and said some words, and the woman was crying. And I was like, she's wonderful. So if you like it, it's Ki Jung, because that's her her actual name, her South Korean name. And then they change it to Jessica, because this family, the Parks, have this weird obsession with uh, American things. They believe that is status, right? Like, it's like, oh, that tent is going to hold up because we got it from America. Yeah, it's better. Yeah. Oh, you you were from Illinois? <laughs> like, ooh, Illinois. How that, exotic. Ooh, yeah. Ooh, right? And it makes us laugh, but it's also funny to, to Koreans as well, I believe, <laughs> that they're like, oh, so of course. Like, there's yeah. an obsession with this other place. Um, so if you don't like it, it's Jessica, because that's her her American her, name. Yeah. Her, her fake role to fit into the park's idea of uh, what is, uh, what is good, yeah, trustworthy, mm-hmm. I guess. So, Kat, for the topic of classism. I think it's very interesting, but it's bad. So it's a Jessica yeah, for me. Yeah, it's super Jessica for me. I, it's, we don't need it. And the problem is that people don't really believe that we're doing it. Like, we've talked about it from the lens of America specifically because we have no right to be making statements about South Korea. But that's what Bong Joon-ho is doing. <laughs> like, watch his films. Yeah. He's telling you. Um, yeah. And it it's happens all over the place. And I think it does need a change. Well, yeah, people find it more digestible when it's about somewhere else because then it's not directly saying something about us. Yeah. Like, for anyone who's... Not with their media analysis glasses on. Yeah. They're like, that's just like, wow, South Korea is rough. Yeah. Huh. Like, oh. Wow, look at other people. <laughs> America's not like that. Yeah. We're so together. Like we try and... to act like we're so much better. We're not. No. Nope. Y'all. Yeah. So that's just what we dismantle say. the system. I don't even think we need to see as a means of production. We just actually just like forget the means. Forget the production. Start it over. Yeah. That's my idea. What about for the films? Uh, the positive one. Ki Jong. Uh, Ki Jong. Yes. Yeah. My mind blanked. I was That's like, okay. what are we doing? Are we in a podcast? <laughs> yeah. Ah, what? Ki Jong. It was Ki fantastic. <laughs> yes. Fantastic time. The films are amazing. They say so much and do so much subtly as well as blatantly. So yeah. I feel like, I don't know, it's just really talented that like he can make things this way and I just want to keep making stuff yeah just keep doing oh, it because yeah. it's just like I love how people do stuff with purpose I agree I think these I think Snowpiercer was fun the first time I watched it I was like what second time I was like whoa uh, and then <laughs> Parasite just every single time I watch it I'm just like I see something new and I just like respect you know but like yeah. in a good way like respect yeah. Bung Joon-ho he's gotcha. great yeah he's um, doing talented good stuff yeah and, and I think this, to see it. this uh this series is gonna be really interesting because we're yeah. talking about a lot of things that are scary out there in society, guys. Scary and sad, but I feel like I don't feel as sad about it yeah. than I did in our last one, just because I feel like we have more of a grasp on it. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like yeah. it is a very somewhat insurmountable mountain that we have yeah. to climb. But 
At least we're unpacking all the little areas. Yeah. At least people are, some people are aware. Yeah. 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 Well, don't get married. Delete your kids. Literally. They, yeah. They actually do that. Yeah. Snowbears, literally. They babies. <laughs> so, they, they taste the best, apparently. Ugh. Thanks, Curtis. <laughs>